Hey Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. However, this is the internet, so you can listen or, for that matter, watch whenever you feel like. Tonight my guest is Corey Morgan of the Western Standard and of Suits and Boots, and we're talking about high-flying political hypocrisy over the Christmas break. Now... If you like listening to the show, then you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our premium long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which, you know, I think is well worth the price of admission. But you also get access to David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup, as well as Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show. Just go to rebelnews.com to become a member of Rebel News Plus. It's only 8 bucks a month. You won't regret it. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus membership by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe. So those directions are rebelnews.com slash subscribe to join today. And if you like the show and I'm, you know, I'm relatively confident that you will, please leave a five-star review wherever you find us because that's a great way to support the show without having to spend a dime, but it also helps other people find the show too. Now please enjoy this free audio-only version of The Gun Show. Do as I say, not as I do. High-flying hypocrites and lockdown liars. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. on Twitter late last week that the reason Canadian politicians were advising us normals to cancel all of our non-essential travel during the holidays was to prevent us from running into the politicians in places like Hawaii or Cancun. In Alberta here, several UCP MLAs, including the Minister of Municipal Affairs or former minister, Tracy Allard, took Christmas vacations out of the country while the Alberta government advised the rest of us unfortunate regular people to, I don't know, shelter in place, remain under house arrest, and cancel all of our non-essential travel over the holidays. It took three days of shame and intense public pressure before Premier Jason Kenney really understood what was going on here and demoted all of those MLAs. Saskatchewan's Highways Minister Joe Hargrave resigned after spending Christmas in Palm Springs to, as he describes it, wrap up a real estate deal. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Now, as the scandals were breaking, Mayor Nahid Nenshi in Calgary was pretty tight-lipped, which is kind of unusual for him, until news broke late yesterday afternoon. So, after I had recorded my interview with today's show guest, unfortunately, that Nenshi's chief of staff, had also traveled outside of the country as well. During the pandemic, Nahid Nenshi had been calling for stronger lockdown measures to come from the province. I suppose those stronger lockdown measures were meant for the rest of us and not for those closest to the big purple mayor himself. And it's a great hypocrisy from Calgary's leadership, especially since every single weekend people are protesting the lockdown in front of Calgary City Hall, and those same people are receiving 
$1,200 fines for protesting the lockdown. A pastor named Archer Pulowski has received at least a dozen tickets for what the city of Calgary calls unauthorized gatherings, but in reality what Archer's doing is feeding Calgary's homeless, and we're helping him fight those fines at fightthefines.com. It's one rule for me and one rule for thee. Now joining me now is Corey Morgan of the Western Standard and of Suits and Boots, and we recorded our interview before all the Nenshi news broke, so just bear that in mind as you're watching. Now, from his home in Pritis, I guess, just outside of Calgary, is Corey Morgan of the Western Standard and of Suits and Boots. But we'll get back to that in, at, towards the end of the interview. Corey, thanks for joining me. I wanted to have you on because I would suggest that not only have you been a conservative activist for a very long time, but I guess sort of a conservative insider from the outside. And I wanted to talk to you about this. It's like a mushroom cloud that is set to consume the entire UCP caucus. This out-of-country travel scandal, while the government had the rest of us locked down and were openly advising everybody to cancel non-essential travel while they were engaged in the most non-essential of all travel, Christmas vacations, I guess. Um, do you know how this story broke? What? Was it mainstream media politicians fit or mainstream media journalists fishing around for information or did it come from disgruntled staffers who leaked it? How, how did this all come to be, if you know? Yeah, I, I don't know where ground zero of this mushroom cloud actually <laughs> is. It it just started and it went, as soon as even mainstream media and alternative media like ours, you know, smelled the blood in the water, we started looking around. And, and it, I, I think the fact that none of these guys were even really trying, well, some were making an effort to try and hide it, which is what really ticked people off all the more because they knew they were doing something wrong, but it wasn't like they did a really good job of it. So it didn't take a lot of you know detective work to find out how many of these people were, were out of the country and, and uh, it exploded very quickly. Yeah, so. and it, it, it was funny because as this was breaking, I said to my boss, if these people were smart, and clearly they're not, no. <laughs> Um, they would be telling on themselves and at least taking the air out of the CBC bubble. And they didn't. <laughs> they just kept letting it get broken by the mainstream media. And then it's a scandal as opposed to what, and I hate to say it, I hate to con commend the liberals on anything. But when the federal liberals are doing this, and they are doing this, they are yeah. not pushing Justin Trudeau out front to fall on his sword. They are telling on themselves and resigning, and that's the end of the story. Whereas with Jason Kenney, he came out, took responsibility, and then it just kept growing and growing and growing. Who's managing the media crisis here, or is anybody? I don't know. I mean, it, it's out of control. I, I'm guessing maybe all their media communicators are out of country too, so they're <laughs> having a hard time trying to get onto this message. But... Uh, I mean, on Friday, Kenny came out, and again, it, it, it's Keystone Copish or something. I, I think he didn't know that there were more out there. He thought he had it done. So, okay, let's put this out on a long weekend Friday, tear off the Band-Aid. I'll say I'm sorry. I did something wrong. 
and we're going to work on this in the new year. But of course, over the weekend, then more of them surface, <laughs> plus the rage just built more because uh, just saying I'm sorry that it happened wasn't enough. People wanted to see some sort of sanction. And uh, that's when he had to come out now, but he's, he's chasing it now. So to, you know, pull some people uh, from cabinet and, and associate ministers positions and and uh, what some committee work, it, it's some people are just not feeling that it's enough. So I'm not sure how much he could do uh, right. to, to calm the rage. I mean, there's so many of them now. You, you can't kick six members out of caucus. Well, you can, but it's really going to to cripple you. Uh, I don't know how he's going to put it out. It just gets hotter and hotter. The hypocrisy, though, is just so deep, and it's rattled so much trust and confidence. I mean, as you said, you know, nobody would think these are elected people. They aren't stupid. Well, apparently some of them are. I mean, how did you not see this coming? It, it really shows that disconnect elected officials have with those of us in the real world. Like, they, they didn't think for a second that people who have given up family traditions of meeting and, and doing things or... Uh, memorials or church services, all sorts of very personal things. And, and then to have these guys just go off and, and do it on themselves. I mean, they, they just didn't even know how much that was going to outrage us. And well, they're certainly finding out now. Well, I think the two most egregious ones were Allard because of her ministerial position and Tanya Fur. And I think the two of those, they didn't really understand why everybody was mad. They basically said, well, it was allowed, so we did it which is, uh, I suppose... Uh, well, you're allowed to fart in an elevator, but it's not a good idea. <laughs> well, and it, I suppose it's an excuse. It's not a good one, especially from an elected official. Allard's excuse was, well, it's been a family tradition for 17 years. Well, yeah, a lot of people had family traditions going back 17 years that they weren't able to do because of her government's rules. And I look at small business owners and I think, well, their family tradition is being in business and you put them out of business. And uh, Tanya Fur, um, you know, she said she went to Las Vegas to mm. visit her sister. And she thought that was a reasonable excuse while at the same time, people in Alberta couldn't visit their sister if their sister lived in a different household they basically outlawed that which they flew to las vegas to do and they didn't understand the problem with it it was more like i'm sorry that i got caught i'm sorry you're mad but they couldn't really grasp what they were sorry for and i think at the beginning jason kenny also didn't grasp the problem and i noticed that when he did his little speech about how important the airlines are. Yeah, I, I agree. Airlines are important. Um, I want everybody to go back to traveling and flying and all those things. And WestJet is definitely important for the Western economy. But that's not why people were outraged. We weren't mad that they traveled to visit with their family. We were mad that they told us that we couldn't do it. Do you think Jason yes. Kenny finally gets it? Oh, he's getting something. He, he's got to be. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing that's surprising people because kenny's not stupid whatever he may be yeah. he's, he's he's smart so it's somewhere he just totally dropped the ball on this uh of course he's been in parliament for a long time but he was never in a leader position maybe he underestimated just how uh, bad that herd of cats he's trying to manage is i mean part of his first response was uh it's kind of my fault because i didn't explicitly tell them not to go and of course everybody else's immediate response was well you shouldn't have had to he told us um, not to go 
like it's yeah. on the government website <laughs> it's recommended so it's just and it just keeps burning i think what they're praying for now is some sort of explosive issue to happen somewhere else in the world to distract people from it because this thing just keeps feeding itself people are furious uh he's pulled out the magical combination he He's got everybody mad, left, right, and center at him. I mean, the the pro-lockdown people are furious because, well, again, you're we're pro-lockdown. We want to keep everybody safe from this bug, and you guys are traveling all over the world. The anti-lockdown people who grudgingly at least accepted that we're locked down for now are even more furious because, again, we're doing this crap that we never want to do in the first place, and you guys aren't. So it's just hypocrisy cuts deeper than anything else in politics. It really does. And... Some people don't understand that. They really don't. They're figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think we would get back to Allison Redford country as quickly as we have. Like, this feels a lot like Sky Palace. This also feels a lot like when they were using the government airplanes like they were the family minivan. This feels a lot like we're going to live one way and we're going to do one way, things one way, and you're going to live a completely different way, you normal people. But, uh, you know, based on some Western Standard reporting, um, a story that broke last night, and again, I say that Western Standard has been doing some great work on this, and I think it's, um, I think, uh, you know, you and I were talking off camera, it has a lot to do with the relationships that you've built within the UCP caucus, and, you know, that goes back quite a ways. Um, but Dave Naylor's story, um, the premier's staff say he never saw the travel memo from Allard saying that she was leaving the country. So maybe Jason Kenney was truly in the dark about whether or not she was out of the country. Um, but if that's the case, then you need to clean house with all of your staff because they're either incompetent and not telling you information that you need to get out in front of, or they're colluding with the travelers and, you know, the locker downer hypocrites. Um, but, you know, either way, Jason Kenny wears this as a millstone around his neck. Yeah, I mean, when you're on top, you're in charge. You, whether you, So now they're giving him a, a shield of plausible deniability in it. Well, that still doesn't make people feel comfortable in how much in control he might have been in the situation to begin with. And some of it's just hard to believe. Now, I can understand he's not paying attention to every backbencher who's popped off for a right. vacation. He's, he's only got so much time. But when his chief of staff sneaks, and it was sneaking, I mean, he routed, routed it through the states to get past travel bans to go yeah. into the COVID hotspot of the planet. And this is the chief of staff. This is a person you're typically in communication with every day. It's just defies belief that he wouldn't have been aware that he'd gone off to the UK in the midst of this. And and uh, again, it, you should have known better, but they, they're blinded. I, I, I'm still astounded by this. And uh, I don't know how they're gonna get this under control. As I said, only something that might uh, distract and push it down the news scroll, but they're gonna wear this for a long time. I mean, Aloha Allard is going to be wearing that in the next general election, assuming she runs in that one. Like, the, whoever's campaigning against her is going to rub her nose in it. Uh, Jeremy Nixon, Tanya Fur, all of these guys. I mean, political bruises like this last a long, long time, if not for the party as a whole, for those individual candidates. So they really screwed up. That's, that's all I can say. Well, how does Kenny get this under control? 
Like, does it go away? Do Does he sit down and have a caucus meeting and say, okay, everybody tell on yourselves, get out in front of this and resign? I don't know what the way out of this is. I, I think that, I guess the first thing is just plug all the holes. I would hope, because even now I wouldn't be shocked if there wasn't another one hiding out there somewhere. So they must be investigating, calling, contacting. Are there absolutely no more out there? I mean, you can't go for closure until you're confident there's not going to be another one pop up and throw it back on the top of the scroll. Um, lay down the law, and I honestly don't know. I mean, the, the strategy they're doing now, obviously, is to try and hunker down and just hope that it blows over, but it's just blowing up. And uh, if I had the answer on how we could get it under control, I could probably apply for some great positions as uh, issues manager with uh, the, the UCP. Speaking of which, which was a, was a funny thing, and it shows our mainstream media, though, that the, the, the state broadcaster there had to put out a tweet specifically to point out that Matthew uh, uh, Wolf, Matt Wolf, went on a traveling trip and visited, but actually he stayed within each and every rule all, all the way around out there, like, so why do you even report it? <laughs> but, uh, I know. It's just they, they despise them that much that we just want to make sure that maybe a little bit will stick to them while they're out there. But uh, Yeah, but, yeah, I up? saw that. Matt Wolf followed not only the letter of the law, but the spirit of it too. And CBC yeah. reported it as though it were a scandal. And I was like, well, thanks for letting me know that there's a couple good ones left. Appreciate that. They just completely yeah. got it wrong. That's a whole other disconnected world, that one. Now, I wanted to ask you, now, you, you are a contributor with the Western Standard, which is fantastic, and um, uh, I love the work that Western Standard is doing, particularly on this issue, but on many other issues. But you are also now in charge of the goings-on over at Suits and Boots, and a lot of people might not know what Suits and Boots is all about, so why don't you start there? Sure. So uh, Rick Peterson founded Suits and Boots uh, a couple of years ago. It was mostly in response that came about when uh, the Trans Mountain basically went into limbo. When, when Kinder Morgan said, you know what, we're out. We can't uh, work in this country that's opposed to us, which is the truth of it. Uh, and he felt that an organization needed to be put together to defend, I mean, our industries, our pipelines and speak up and more actively. Uh, a little more in your face. So they did things, you know, they counter protesting later on uh, with a camp cloud and, and, you know, flying a banner around Ottawa. So a bit more of an activist, but it was speaking up also for the, it was a great name, you know, suits and boots from our petroleum engineers up top to the, the rig hand down on the, on the bottom uh, to speak for them and defend this industry. Uh, Rick then though has moved on to uh, things really slow down in the COVID year it's just yeah. everything's been on hold you can't hold rallies you can't get out on the ground uh, Rick also ran for the conservative leadership uh, and then has been going for a federal nomination so he's handed it to Rick Grafton who's another uh, very well-known individual in the uh, energy sector and uh, Grafton held on to it for, for six months and kind of moved it along but now it's time to kind of reinvigorate we're going into 2021 so yeah they approached me we you know need some fresh energy and it, i sold my pub so i've got some time uh because we've got a real critical year ahead of us for the energy industry uh we've got you know uh, a president elect in the united states who wants to shut down keystone we've got an imbecile in ottawa who won't say it but he wants to shut down keystone we've got trans mountain which nobody believes is going to be built until we actually see oil coming out of the other end uh we've got carbon taxes we've got fuel standards i mean we are uh, embattled here and we need somebody to speak up and push back on this so 
Uh, yeah, they've approached me. I've taken that on, and that's something I've always kind of been as a as an activist in politics over the years. Uh, I'll take it to them. It, yeah, you have. I remember when you protested. I think it was Occupy. <laughs> <laughs> or you you visited Occupy um, back when Occupy was around, and I thought that was great because um, you know there's these squatters just taking up space illegally in a in a park, and uh, nobody had bothered to just do the same to them, and uh, I still remember that. That's I think when you first came on my radar was hey that guy's <laughs> actually doing something back to them, and I'm so. Because of that, I'm excited to see the direction you take Suits and Boots in. Um, I'm excited to hear something a little more in your face um, because bless the folks at CAP, they sure like to keep their hands clean. Well, that's it. And, and they are. Those are industry associations. And, and, and a problem the energy sector has had for a long time is that they won't speak up. They, I mean, energy professionals are usually introverted engineers, you know, not to knock them, they're important, hardworking people, but they don't want to get out front and center and make noise. Uh, these industry associations, uh, it, it reminds me of, a, well, I've been speaking to some degree to Calgary uh, home builders and developers. They're afraid to speak up for themselves because yeah. they feel they're going to get punished further. So somebody relatively bulletproof needs to speak up for these industries. What are you guys going to do, fire me? Yeah, <laughs> good luck. There's nothing else you can do to me. Uh, I'm in alternative media now and, and activism uh, because we need to speak up and push back. I mean, speaking again to the UCP, the war room was supposed to speak on behalf yeah, of our yeah, industry. Thanks. It was a catastrophe. It's been a joke. It, it just puts out press releases of fluff. So uh, suits and boots can fill that role. It will speak up. It'll speak up on our behalf unapologetically, uh, yeah. un, unafraid. Of, you know, uh, you're not going to shut down Morgan Incorporated. So I will happily go out and, and counter protest and do things like that. And uh, I guess like a, a lot of other things, you know, the industry professionals can certainly send us information and we will be the, the, the loudspeaker for it. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I think that sometimes the corporate interests tend to be a little bit more um, politically cautious, I guess. They don't yes. want to make uh, Justin Trudeau bad. We saw that with, you know, the CEOs who sort of, well, not sort of, they absolutely did suck up to Rachel Notley over the carbon tax. In the meantime, round after round of layoffs were happening in their own companies because of the policies of Rachel Notley. And so I am happy to see that Suits and Boots will have that more um, worker boots on the ground to, you know, engineers, to geologists sort of focus um, outside of, you know, the, the corporate silo, it'll be more about the worker. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. And I think you're probably just the exact right guy for the job. Um, uh, Corey, so. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Corey, where else can people find the work that you're doing? So I've mentioned the Western Standard online, which is great. Um, suits and boots. I'm excited to find out where that goes and what happens next. But where else can people find you? And for that matter, support the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Well, again, the suits and boots, uh, I mean, please, you know, go on to the website. It's, it's simple to find. Just Google it and uh, you can sign up for the, the newsletters and information to keep up to date on what we're doing. Uh, of course, my favorite playground is Twitter. Uh, Corey B. Morgan, if you, if you really want some interaction and, and have me call you names and such, that, that's where to do it. Uh, and CoreyMorgan.com is just my own site where I, I, I tend to promote other things, of course, whatever I might be involved in groups or, or uh, alternative media and things such as that. So. That's it. Podcast. That, that's right. Podcast. Well, I've got the podcast. I figure if you get to all those other things, you'll find some of the other stuff. I've got my my toes dipped into the water. I, I have a weekly show with the Post Millennial as well, actually, uh, called The Western Voice. 
and yes, I do my own podcast, which would always be posted on CoreyMorgan.com as well. So, Corey, you got to get better at shameless self-promotion front. <laughs> oh, I know. But as you see, I've got my hands in so many different things, too. I don't want to take up a quarter of the, this valuable time by just going into all the crazy stuff I'm into. Uh, Suits and Boots will be taking up a larger part of all of that. It's a much more important task. So. Great. Corey, thanks so much for coming on the show. I know, obviously, you just listed everything you're doing. So you're a very busy guy. Uh, thanks for being generous with your time. Um, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Hey, thanks. Always happy to talk to you, Sheila. Thanks. It's one of those rare times where I really have to hand it to the Liberals. They are handling the scandals of their politicians traveling outside of the country over Christmas a lot better than we are on the conservative side of the aisle. The liberals are not trotting out their mental lightweight leader Justin Trudeau to fall on his sword. Instead, they're telling on themselves and resigning before public pressure turns into a firestorm. In fact, the liberals are just smothering the firestorm with a wet blanket before it gets out of control. And that's definitely <laughs> not at all what's been happening on the conservative benches now is it and it's pretty out of touch for the conservative leadership to let these things fester when so many of us are conservatives because we believe in personal responsibility and personal accountability for our choices well everybody that's the show for tonight thank you so much for tuning in i'll see everybody back here in the same time in the same place next week and remember don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think